0: We're mopping up. We're mopping up on a Monday with the UK GOAT Sean Barrett. Kim's gone. DJ's Felix gone. What has Sean Barrett got to say about it equally? Stick or twist at second base. It sounds like the most obvious answer, but I don't think it is. So we're going to dig into that. Today's Locked On Marlins.
1: You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Greetings from England, and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Mammy Marlins underscore UK. You've listened to the pod, of course. Hit subscribe. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen. It is Monday, the 23rd of October. By the way, guys, there is a YouTube channel. Make sure you head over there. Hit subscribe also while you are there. Leave comments also. Always fun and Action packed, I would say in the comments, particularly every day is. I know exactly who you are. Every episode, it goes live immediately. The comments from you guys, so I absolutely love you guys and appreciate you. Even though we are in the depths of October now, everyone is still tuning in on a daily basis. So I appreciate you guys. Um, this episode is sponsored by Game Time. Uh, you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKED ON MLB for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And I'm delighted to welcome in, on a Monday, of course, it's the UK coach, Sean Barrett. Sean, how are we doing? I'm doing well, Pete. As you just said, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? We're
1: entering November soon, and there's still so much to talk about, Marlins Brilliant. baseball. Um, this is going to be a very busy off-season, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be very thankful for that as you get into the depths of winter, giving you something to talk about every single day.
0: Absolutely. Do you remember, like, for those that, that maybe are trying, like haven't listened to this show for long and worked out, like, how the hell is Peter Pratt hosting this pod? And when did that start? And what's going on? What happened to Aram Layden? He was amazing. But for those that don't remember or weren't around and listening at that point, I started this pod two years ago, pretty much approaching two years to the day, I'd say, but getting close to that stage. Um, I'm pretty much within, I think, a day and a half of saying, yes, I'm going to commit to a daily pod. Five episodes a week covering the Marlins over in the UK. Then the lockout started, and uh, I suddenly realized that was going to be really challenging. So <laughs> your point, Sean. Um, the Marlins and the drama of covering the Miami Marlins uh, for a daily podcaster, we love it. <laughs> we love the drama. Um, I don't often or don't sometimes enjoy the direction that we go in, but the drama is nevertheless fun. And uh, topical and emotive, let's say. So uh, we can be thankful for that. <laughs> and there's there's going to be a lot to do. Like you mentioned, Like we think of front office vacancies. There's at least three of them that I can think of at the top of my head now that, that Bruce is going to have to you know, backfill. Um, Sean, we spoke a, a week ago. It was an emergency pod. Kim Ang parted ways with the Marlins. Obviously, there's been further kind of information shared there's been other moves made in terms of dj spilic etc etc so you know i thought it was a good time for us to kind of mop it up and for you to come and share your thoughts as well like where's your head at now with how things have played out in the last week obviously a week ago we talked about it surprising news in many ways um you know but the differences of opinion were there kim wasn't bought in kim moves on you know, it seems that the differences, and we kind of touch on this too, that like we felt there was like some obvious areas where those differences were going to have occurred. And so, yeah, week on. How do you reflect on how, how this has all gone down?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously my opinions on Kim were, that I was high on Kim, always was and, and, and always will be, I guess. Hmm. Um, but we won't get into that too much, just we did a whole pod on that. But yeah, obviously DJ's Felix gone as well now. So it's a real clearing of the of the decks, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to bring in a president of baseball operations, a GM, a scouting director. This is this is a seismic difference um, that the team are going to go in as far as directions um, going forwards, and and mm. to a certain degree, Bruce has got a lot on his table, hasn't he? Because yes. it's going to be him making the decisions. He'll have people that he trusts inside the organisation that are going to give him help and point him in the right direction. Because ultimately, like he's he says he's a baseball fan, he says he's followed baseball, he's a Marlins fan, but Nine times out of ten, you have mm. to say that, don't you? when you take over. <laughs> a- <laughs> you do. So he's really going to have to flex his his baseball knowledge now in building mm. this because it's all well and good clearing the decks and bringing in a different voice and a different direction, but it's not to say that that's going to work either. So you've got to, you've got to do this right. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes about it, and it's it's surprising to me that this is a direction he wanted to go in with evidently clearly no clear idea of what he wanted to do as far as bring, who he was going to bring in. My yeah. thought was that when he said to Kim, I'm bringing in a president of baseball operations ahead yeah. of you or over you, that he had an idea of who that was going to be. And since then, a lot of people have talked about the idea that, they, that he needs to have cast a wide net. He needs to have a real thorough um, go through the, the interview sit- situation. But of course he does. But it would have been nice to have him not blow it all up with no obvious idea of what he wants to do. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, ultimately we're, yeah. we're both still Marlins fans. We're both going to follow them ride or die. So you know, I it. hope he gets it <laughs> right. Um, how confident yeah. I am in that
0: is is maybe slightly different. How appealing do you think this job is right now? Let's just take the, the present of the baseball ops situation because I, I think the, what will happen likely will be president of baseball ops. That's the first domino, right? And then effectively their role becomes to work out who's going to be a GM and who's going to be a scouting director. So it has to start with that that new role or backfilling that role that was kind of vacated by, in effect, Derek Jeter and Mike Hill, I guess. Um, But how appealing is that role at this point, do we think? Like how many people are going to be jump into to have an interview for that with with bruce we've obviously seen like there's other organizations that are trying to backfill some of their front office positions they're having a struggle as well um so i'm intrigued like what kind of a proposition are the 2024 miami marlins coming off a postseason um a great season but no sandy alcantara you know there's gonna be some roster constraints the farm system's not looking great like you know, where how do you place this one in terms of um desirability at this point?
1: Well, you're not really selling it to me right now, are you? Um, <laughs> and I'm a salesman as well, so I'm struggling I, with this one. I think it is a case of look, if if there are people out there that want to be a GM that aren't getting the opportunities, yeah, that's that's kind of what the Marlins are going to be getting, isn't it? It's the same with free agency, isn't it? Yeah, you're not going to get the t- tier one free agency, you're going to get the guys that can't get a role anywhere else and that doesn't really sound very appealing so the way that the Marlins are going to have to, or Bruce is going to have to play it, is go with those younger guys, the slightly unproven guys and that's why Kim was perfect because yeah, she wasn't agreed. young or unproven she had a a clear hurdle that was getting in her way mm-hmm. to, to a role that she deserved to have so in the same way that the Marlins did with Skip first time manager but with experience in in lesser roles as a bench coach and other roles, and obviously a former player. I think that's what the minds are gonna to have to do. They're gonna to have to go young, but they're gonna to have to mm-hmm. go with, you know, and we see it all the time in other sports. NFL is a perfect example where you see these young GMs and these young coaches come in and they're they're brilliant. So hopefully Bruce can strike, strike it rich and and, and get in that young guy that is perfect for them. Because I think anybody that's Anyone that's got a resume that's deserving of being a GM role is mm-hmm. probably either going to go for one of the other roles that's available at the moment or maybe wait for the next cycle. Because yeah. if it's yeah. if it's your one and done opportunity to get a role, maybe the Marlins at this current point is not really the most um, flattering of roles.
0: Yeah. I'm going to work on that sales pitch, by the way. That's going to be refined over the next couple of weeks or episodes because like, there's things to be excited about with the Marlins. Versus maybe some other roles or organizations. But, you know, it's fair to say that there's a job to do. There is a job to do. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you, though, Sean. I must say that the profile I see for, let's start with pre- President of the Baseball Ops, like there was maybe some, you know, murmurings around, hey, let's go Mike Hill. Let's go kind of back to the old school. Um, I don't think they go in that direction at all. I'm with you. I think they go for someone you know, similar to the Skip Schumacher mold you've talked about, like someone that's young and hungry, switched on, and can take the the club to the next level in some ways, but by doing things maybe slightly differently. Um, It's going to be a punt. There's going to be some risk. There's a lot of risk in this. And so, you know, likely I think you'll see the financial package aligned to that risk element in that it's not going to be, you know, uh, a committed three-year, it may even be like similar to Skip Schumacher in many ways of like a two plus one, which might. So again, the Marlins are kind of going to commit to someone, but there's a degree of risk. And in some ways, there's a degree of risk that sits for whoever's going to take this role. And so actually having these opt-outs or mutual options might be the way. This might be the modern way of uh, a front office. I know it's kind of this option-heavy stuff is really kind of Gone into the player salaries as well, but maybe it's the front office too. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one, Sean. I think they get ultra creative. Um, Carry on the conversation, talking about second base as well. Stick or twist at second base. For many people, they'll say the Marlins absolutely sticking on that one. But I think there's a few there's a few conversation, a few topic areas to get into before we do that. Though this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time, and you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. You shouldn't have to. Game time is there for you and is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And they have killer last minute deals, all, all in prices. I love that. All in, baby. Want all, in, all inclusive prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Um, also, the other thing you can see that view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You know exactly what you're going to see. Kind of, I guess. Depends on the sport. If you're going to sports, who knows? But also, you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this code. And it's all in caps and it is locked on MLB. And that gets you 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, guys, you are back here with myself, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, of course, because it's Monday. Um, Sean, we are, we've are we started this series since last week. I've started this series, and stick or twist, um, I'm, a, I'm a gambling man. I think Bruce Shum will have to gamble on some of these front office hires. But being through catcher, we've been through first base. We're now into second base. Um, Luis Uriah played a ton at second base this year. Let's start with Luis Arias and at second base. Stick or twist from a Marlins perspective, do you expect Luis Arias to get the majority of playing time at second base in 2024?
1: Yeah, I mean, that'd be my understanding. Obviously, there's talk about obviously, there's going to potentially be a hole at first base if Belders opted, and And Luis Arias obviously did move across there when he was with the Twins. But for me, I think that was a case of the Twins were loaded and it was just a case of... Got to keep his bat in the lineup. Obviously, he was the bat hit won the batting title for them in that year. For the Marlins, I don't see a viable option as far as there are guys that can go in and play at second base, but you've also got the hole at shortstop. So, do, mm. do you really want to take your one proven guy in the lineup out of the middle of the middle of the infield? Uh, I think you keep him there, and I think that's that's an obvious. Uh, win and if Bell isn't there at first base, you, you're you going to kind of want a guy with a bit of thump in his, his bat at first base, aren't you? So keep a rise at second base. I think that's a logical um, thing to do as long as a is with the club. Um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we, we, we all know that there's probably going to be a real bit rebuild in the next two to four years, um, and with Sandy out and a new. President of Baseball Operations, a new GM, a new mm. scouting director.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, how safe is Skip? We know okay. that Kim and Skip were very uh, high on each other, and we know that mm. now through reporting, we know that Skip might not have been the first choice option for the rest of the people in, that are currently in the organisation. So yeah. maybe new manager as well. Maybe is, this is the time that they say, let's push that button. Hopefully not. I really do hope not because I think there is a call here that's that's good. But I think there's, there's plenty of time in this offseason to, to, to beat that discussion
0: to death. There is definitely a lot of time, and there's going to be a lot of episodes. Just to tease it out to everyone, though, Sean has put it out there, a potential rebuild occurring in a two- to four-year period. Uh, for those that are wondering which direction I'm going to go this offseason, I'm taking the under on the two- to four-year on that cycle, unfortunately. We're going to dig into that. There's tons to get into uh, in that topic area. And it, there's so many things going on with the Marlins right now, and we have to really kind of dig through and comb through the roster, the, um, the the spend of that. You know who's due for free agency, who's getting more expensive with arbitration, who's injured, what's the dead money sit. Like there's so much to get, go into this roster. We're not going to do it today, Sean. I want to. Y- you talked about Luis Arias, if he's with the organization. Um, I'm not going to start there. Let me just put something else to you right now because. It's nailed on that, that Jorge Soler is going to be opting out, clearly. The Marlins won't be re-signing him because they can't afford to, to be honest. So Soler's gone uh, at this point. freeze up the DH spot. One thing I must say is Luis Arias, the longer the year went on, the worse he got physically for various reasons. Just the toll of a year. It took its toll. Foul ball after foul ball onto his knees and his ankles and all sorts. But for me, as the year progressed... Luis Arias, and obviously rolled his ankle and he had these other issues, he just got banged up, more banged up visibly than I've ever seen any other player, to be honest with you, out there on a field in a postseason game. Could we enter a situation where Luis Arias actually becomes more of the full-time DH for the Marlins? And they just, you know, it's not your prototypical DH, but the reason I'm leaning this way and calling it out is A, to preserve Luis Arias, who is your best hitter. Secondly. I really like Xavier Edwards. I really like the profile. I really like the stick. And I think there's a lot of similarities with Lewis Arise in terms of his stick. He's not quite as polished and as advanced thus far. But I mean, Lewis Arise is the best hitter in the game. So it's a hard measuring stick. But I do wonder for preservation, a bit like with Soler, they preserved him by moving into the DH spot. Could Lewis Arise maybe full time DH next year? I think full time will be
1: a, a bridge too far. but... We did discuss during the later parts of the season the idea that if he's going to play, put him in that DH role. Let him have a bit of a break. I mean, we saw him mm. running down first base. He was a, he was a broken man in he the was it was,
0: yeah, he was it
1: was fair, fair play to him for for sticking it out and and giving it a go. But yeah, I mean, he's still young, but he's had uh, a lengthy career now of leg injuries going past into when he was with Minnesota. So. There's yeah, clearly, yeah. I mean, baseball's a tough game, isn't it? They play every day. It's a, it's a grind. Um, it's a war yeah. of attrition. And I think we're going to have that as well with Jazz next year. Maybe you know he struggled mm-hmm. to get on the field every single day. I think the team could use the DH role a bit more intelligently and yeah. say that these guys give them one one game a week at DH. Um, yeah, and that uh, keeps them in the lineup. It keeps the bat in the lineup. More importantly, I mean, obviously, Jazz in center field has, has proven himself as well. But yeah, I think you could use that DH one, and certainly if the Marlins, maybe they're not looking. I mean, how competitive are they going to be next year? Let's let's be brutally frank. Um, the, the, as I said, there's a core, there's an avenue for a successful team, and, and come spring, I will be as high as a kite on the team, saying that they can <laughs> they can win eighty six games or whatever. But right now, my, my confidence levels are a little bit low, and, and maybe mm-hmm. a lot of my opinions are are tinged with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think any time Lewis arises in the lineup, the Marlins are a better team. So if that's at, at second base, at first base, at DH, whatever it is, keeping him in the lineup for 150-plus games is a, is a must. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, if, it, if that means one game at DH a week, one game at first base a week, let's do it
0: you bring up a really great point around the dh spot if i remember back to the you remember the 2020 year obviously and don mattingly at that point they would it was the first time they'd had the dh spot in uh in the nl and um you know donnie called it out i remember him saying the fact that they're just going to use it to cycle guys just like as a rest situation where because of the way the roster was constructed last year for the fish like they didn't really have that opportunity. Like, they basically had to kind of cycle Soler and one of the first base guys into that. That was pretty much it. So, to your point, you couldn't really just kind of slide Jazz, you know, have a day off here, Jazz, out of center field. Louis, slide into there as well. Jake Berger, he's another candidate equally, I must say, that, that could can you know get some DH spot. I think that's less likely, to be honest with you, than, than maybe some people are thinking. But I think with Luis Arias, just... What we saw visibly was his body just break down the longer it went. And I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not close to the team anymore. Um, But that's what we saw. Visibly, we saw him breaking down. Obviously, there was maybe some freak injuries in there. And for me, I'd be looking at this of like, how do I protect my best hitter? And I think there's a strong chance that Luis Arias could spend a lot more time DHing. Does link to what they do in the offseason, though, because all of a sudden you go and make a move and you actually get a guy who can't field anywhere, um, you know, or Jacob Berry comes up, for example. You know, you need a <laughs> spot for something else. But, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued on that Lewis Arise. The other question as well, and this is going to kind of blend into later this week, but, you know, from a shortstop perspective, there's, a, there's an opening there. You know, I still feel the same. I want Arise in the lineup, and frankly, I want Xavier Edwards in the lab as, as often as possible. And frankly, Xavier Edwards is fully blocked by Luis Arias at this point, in my opinion, unless something changes, i.e. Arias slides to first, to DH, or... The other question is, in that shortstop vacancy, Sean, could either of those two guys potentially slide over to shortstop? Like, is it completely out of the realm that Luis Arias could do a job at shortstop? He was a former shortstop, I believe. Like, is I've just talked about protecting his body. I want to move him to short. I mean, that's like completely the opposite thinking. That's Irish thinking. But, um, you know, is it out of the realm that Luis Arias takes a few reps at shortstop just to see how it goes? I don't know. I think for exactly the reason
1: you just mentioned that we're talking about protecting his body. I don't see it. Um, Edwards as well hasn't really played much shortstop in his time as well. I think – I think one of the more interesting things, and it will be one of the earlier things that we find out because of shoe of arbitration, is what happens with Bertie. So yep. he got quite a bit of time at, at shortstop. The speed, obviously, is, is fantastic. Although um, well, it wasn't quite as elite this year as it was the year before. But when you're talking about a player that's earning three and a half, is it this coming year that we're going into? And is a two F4 player? In limited playing time mm. like that defense that speed like that's this is the money ball situation isn't it you've got a player that isn't earning much money putting mm. good performance two years running on into the into the lineup I think yeah I think realistically if the, if the Marlins aren't going to go on an all-out spend which we know they're not going to no um, I think Bertie could probably see a lot of time at shortstop and if they don't go with him then like the free agency um, shortstop options, they're just not there no. uh, in in the minors, which is, again, talking about the issues that the minors have got right now. Like Amai is there, and I had a lot of um, enthusiasm for him going into the 2023 season, but yep. didn't have a very good minor league season this year. So he'll get options. He'll, he'll come up in, in spring training and get an opportunity yep. to show something. But I think... You need to go into spring training knowing that you can't trust the Meyer. So I think the Meyer's going to have to go in with an idea of what they're going to do. And again, me being pessimistic, but he's right there. He's cheap. He's he's okay. Um, right there. He can play shortstop. He's um, got the speed. He's, he's a perfect Meyerling player, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yes i wish my camera was working a bit more effectively for those that are watching probably like what the hell's going on pete i don't know the answer maybe this laptop's about to explode who knows <laughs> it keeps pausing at uh inopportune moments um birdie is right there the short stop is that's another episode probably two episodes worth of conversation the marlins can go in so many different directions there because well frankly they've got six players on the roster on the 40 man that have spent time at shortstop, be it at the major league or minor league levels. So there's so many different directions they can go there. Uh, I was intrigued to see what they do with Jazz as well, because, you know, let's not forget the impact that Jonathan Davis made in Jazz's absence. Um, You know, the question is, is Jonathan Davis still on the roster? Do they, um, you know, find a way to, well, either go through arbitration fully or extend him uh, for the minimum one year? Um, So will Jonathan Davis be around with no, Minor league options, which again signals to you like where their heads may be at with roster construction. Equally, does that free jazz up? I don't know. Shortstops. There's so much to get into there, but frankly, it's one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle they need to solve this off season. But yeah, I th- I think second base and Luis Arias just generally. I mean, Sean, you also touched on it. Like, is he still with the organization? I think the one thing we have to call out here is again, we're going to spend loads of time on this topic as the off season progresses, but. There's two years of control remaining on Lewis Rice now at this point. Two years. He's getting very expensive by the Marlins standards anyway. At this point, he's going to be over 10 million this year. You know, it could be eleven, could be 12. I don't know. It's somewhere in that kind of range. Um, the Marlins then have a, another final year on him. At that point, it's probably going to be what, 16 to 18 to 20, perhaps. I don't even know. So it's he's getting very expensive. If the Marlins window looks like it's starting to close at some point, either through 24 in advance of 24. You know that's one type of guy that you could really get something sizable back in return right and I'm not saying that's what they should do, but in terms of the cost being high, control shrinking, and the return, you know I think g m president of baseball operations will have a serious conversation and a serious consideration around that. What about you?
1: yeah, adding Sandy coming yeah. back 20, coming back in twenty five at seventeen million, you're looking at thirty five Plus on two players in an organization that you know isn't going to go beyond it's too high. Yeah, it's it's, it's one hundred to one twenty. You're paying you're paying a, a third, a quarter of your payroll on two players, um, and then they only really very more expensive.
0: Sean, I've just also remembered there's also twelve million for avicel Garcia in there too. In twenty five,
1: I I'd like to think that they do something this off season and just. Find a way to financially get rid of that.
0: Um, They're going to need to. I mean, the the point you've just raised there just even highlights it even more, mate. The fact that you've got Sandy... You know, we're we're talking about 2025 now, but you've got Sandy at 17. Luis Araia's probably similar number. Plus Avisel Garcia's 12 million. Like, boy, oh boy, that's nearly 50 million on three guys for the Marlins when their total spend is going to be circa 100, 110? I mean... This is the problem. This is at the core of why things have gone wonky with Kim, with Bruce. Because the conveyor belt is is just not being up to scratch. It's unsustainable. Like, 50 million on three guys for the Marlins is just way too much. So, you know, we don't want to talk about it because, listen, Lewis Araya is the best hitter in the game. Sandy Alcantara, you know, was a Cy Young a year ago. was still a stud. But... The Marlins have to realistically, realistically consider the future of both of these guys, which is not really what anyone wants to be thinking about at this point. But they have to do it, don't
1: they? Yeah, it's, it, that's the problem, That's the issue we have with the Marlins. Most teams go year to year to year looking at their finances. As a Marlins fan, I've got used to having to go window to window to window. Hmm. And, and this window, I mean, I'd feel a lot better if they were Sandy next year. I'd feel an awful lot better. Um, about the team's prospects um yeah. at least being competitive next year with Sandy. Um and yeah it is a case of you've got to look at this window and now say that it's closing. It's not closed, but it's no. closing. And they're going to have to they're gonna to have to rocket boost the next that window by using these guys to bring in the miners. Because at the moment the next draft isn't going to fix the system. The the draft after that isn't going to fix the system. The draft after that is going to start to fix the system. But then you're looking at guys. You're looking at another five years until they actually get to the major league levels. So this this next window is is closing, and there is another rebuild on the way. As as depressing as that is as a Marlins fan, but there's these two win these two years that the Marlins can be competitive. I think they can be competitive next year, even without Sandy. And then mm-hmm. twenty five is a is a quasi all in, but then you're looking at most yeah. of expiring contracts. So do the miners try and extend Luis Aviles, pay him the money, get three or four years, lock it in with the Sandy window, mm-hmm. and try and force this window a little bit further. There's an option, but that's going to cost money and.
0: Ooh.
1: The money may be there, but it might not actually be being available. Um, so there's a lot to there's a lot to sort of talk about and a lot to discuss. And I don't want to be too pessimistic about the chances of the Marlins competing in the next five to ten years. But at the moment, a lot of what we're looking for in the future relies on Bruce. It relies on Bruce getting the right guys in mm. and spending when he needs to spend. And, and we've seen a little evidence of that, but not, not to the degree that's going to be needed going forwards, I think.
0: Speaking of spending, guys, it's time to let you know about our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, October baseball is back and is really progressing. You can make your postseason debut if you haven't already with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You can join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. How about those uh, Diamondbacks? Come on, Diamondbacks. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get the dub, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, guys, you're back here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, and I have just about enough time to say thank you for listening. We've run out of time. We've gone way long, as always, but it's been great having the UK GOAT in the house. Um, we mopped up on last well the last week's news. Um, Bruce Sherman has got one hell of a task on his hands and needs to get creative uh, in terms of who the hire is. The question is, is how desirable is this Marlins job? Thus... They're going to need to get creative, find guys that are young and hungry uh, and align on the direction of the organization. The question then is, what is the direction? And second base, I think, in many ways, is a pillar of that. What are they going to do with Luis Arias, both now, in the future? Can they extend Luis Arias? Do they want to extend Luis Arias? And is Bruce Sherman willing to extend Luis Arias and commit to him and align his time with Sandy Alcantara to open up and extend this Marlins window? Sean Barrett, I know, I'm confident, will be back throughout the offseason. There's so many meaty topics to get into. There's so much happening with this Marlins team coming off a stunning 2023 season. A post-series run, I mean run, an appearance, probably the best description on that one, but a post-season appearance. It was a successful season. But looking ahead, there's a lot of work to do. Nevertheless, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. I'll look forward to seeing you guys on Tuesday and the rest of the week, and I'll see you then.